Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Boss Bitch, episode two. How fun was Tracy Wakefield? She was amazing. I am obsessed with her. Me too. I mean, I was already obsessed with her, but now I'm just like even more obsessed with her. So I know I'm more obsessed with how you are more obsessed with her. And it's just a big ball of obsession over here. So much obsession. Totally cool. Tracy, (laughs) relax. Just relax. <laughs> um, so this week we are doing what we're going to do every other, at least what we intend to do every other mm-hmm. episode, which is um, we're going to talk about some boss bitches in history. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so I am going to tell Lindsay about a boss bitch in history that I did some research on. And I'm going to tell Rebecca about a boss bitch in history that I did as much research on as I could. <laughs> Hi, Wikipedia. (laughs) How are you? Yeah, we are. We're like practically PIs. If PIs just look at Wikipedia. But listen, some of these ladies we don't know about. We don't know about. You know what? History doesn't want to know about until now. Now. Now we're going to tell you all about them because Mm -hmm. while it's important to talk to ladies doing it now, Mm -hmm. it's as important to remember the ladies that did it in the past that that forged paths for us to be Mm -hmm. treading on right now and blowing up. So we're going to blow this shit up. Stay away, white men, because because tables are turning. Some white girls are here. Yeah, winds yeah. are changing. Some Midwestern girls We're doing it for themselves and breaking those glass ceilings. Yeah, headphones on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're gonna tell you about some ladies. Oh. If this is any indication, then this is going to be great. This is going to be revolutionary. Yes. Um, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Um. Basically, what we're going to do right now is we're going to talk about some awesome females in history. Yeah, some women that we may have overlooked. Right, or you don't know that much about. Exactly. Uh, They're fun. They're brassy. They're They're fearless. (laughs) Fun, fearless female. (laughs) Do you ever read Cosmopolitan, fun, fearless female? Oh, sure I did. Yeah? Maybe. No? No? I feel like I have, but I have like zero memory. It's like 250 words in the beginning of Cosmo where they're like, meh. Let's throw regular women a bone. And you know, instead of just like talking about how to shave your legs and not get ingrown hairs. Uh-huh. And how to your fuck man. hard. <laughs> and make sure he's pleasured. Yeah. But we'll never tell you where your clitoris is. How to is. fuck him in ways that will blow his mind. Mm-hmm. Here's Jennifer Lawrence in sparkles. <laughs> the end. And a makeup kit. <laughs> Yeah, matte matte lipsticks are in right now, guys. Just in case is you, that true? You missed it. Matte lipsticks? That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. Very drying. Mm-hmm. I've tried them. Yeah, you know, like Kylie's lip kits. Oh, that's right. She does a lot of mattes. Lots of mattes. Mm-hmm. That's our first one, Kylie Jenner. That's <laughs> mine. I'm so sorry. You Surprise! Got me. That what? was the perfect segue. <laughs> An organic transition into my first, uh, into our first fun, fearless female. Female. By the way, she's a. She's a spy. We just found out that Kylie's a spy. Yeah, she's a spy. All right. (laughs) Get ready. I'm buckled in. My lady is Nancy Wake. She was a spy. Yes, please. She was such a badass. I can't even... I'm just going to begin. Okay. So she was born in New Zealand on August 30th, 1912. Oh, so she's got that Kiwi accent. Yeah, she is. She is. The youngest of six children. In 1914, her family moved to Australia and settled in Sydney, but then her father left, leaving her mom to raise the kids. Okay. Not How many a kids? Start. Six? Six. Mm-hmm. That's not fun. No. And then she, okay, in Sydney, she attended the North Sydney Household Arts Home Science School, what? which is probably a great uh, way for women to start their career as a so, spy. Let me just, home science, is that like 
Is that like domesticity? Yeah. Domesticity? Cooking, knitting, ironing, um, household chores. Dinner. Yeah. You said cooking. Dinners. Yeah. (laughs) Dinners and such. Right. Drinks. Like uh, like when your man comes home and and you got to have that cocktail ready. Hand him. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be ready. Um, Probably corset wearing. Anyway, so at the age of 16, she was like, fuck this, ran away from home and worked as a nurse with 200, uh, whatever, what's the Australian money? <laughs> two Aussies. Two Aussies. That's what we'll go two. with. Two. <laughs> so she had 200 of whatever Australians use as tender um, that she inherited from an aunt. Wait, what year is this? Uh, this is in 1914. Got it. Okay. Uh, a little bit after that. She went to New York and then London where she trained herself to just be a journalist. I guess they taught her that at the North Cindy, Sydney Household Arts Home Science School. I don't know. Very industrious. Very. In ni- in, so then she was there for a while, and in the 1930s, she went to Paris and worked as a European. God damn. I know. She just like How old is off. she at this point? She's like four. <laughs> just like she took. And her tiny little four-year-old car, just like, peace mm-hmm. out, guys. Yeah, she's like, bye. Yeah. Bye, Australia. You suck. Um, which is a through line in this, too. So, so then she goes to Europe, and she is a journalist for the Hearst newspapers, like all of them. She's okay. just like this journalist who sees like Nazism rise, right? Sees the rise of fascism um, and, and people like, like Jews being beaten in the streets. So oh, she's like damn. witnessing all of this stuff. So then she, in 1937, she married this French industrialist who was like a nice dude, but still like passive compared to her. You'll see. And she was living in France she became a courier for the French resistance and later joined the ex- escape network where she was known to elude capture time and time again, which gave her oh, the yes! nickname. The Gestapo gave her a nickname that was the White Mouse. Yes! <laughs> uh-huh. Do you know what I thought of immediately when you said French resistance, though? What? Lafayette! <laughs> you know Hamilton? I'm obsessed I mean, with Hamilton right oh, now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm, I got some tickets. No big deal. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. No, okay. That's my favorite joke though for people who love Hamilton. <laughs> MBD it's got like, some Did tickets. you see? I went twice. I was bored. <laughs> oh yeah, like I like the beginning, but the second mm. act is like snooze McGoo. I just like left and sat at the bar for the whole second act. Yeah. Like, and drank some $30 martinis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any quarter. So the Gestapo was like tapping her phone and looking through all of her mail and all this shit. And by 1943, she was the most wanted person with a 5 million franc price on her head. Good for her. Right? So then she was like, I got to get out of here. This is getting dangerous. And her husband stayed behind, but later he was captured, tortured, and executed by them. And she didn't know this till way later, which crushed her. Um, So Wake described her tactics after she left for um, evading the German, the Gestapo. She said a little powder and a little drink on the way. And I'd pass their German post and wink and say, do you want to search me? <gasps> God, what a flirtatious little bastard I was. Oh my she God. She just flirted her way out of dying. I love her. I know. What a ballsy. I know. Awesome. Um, lady. But then she got arrested very right. soon after she was released. Um, and she was released because a friend of hers made up stories about her being, um, like cheating on her husband. So mm-hmm. they were like, nah, she's too flirty. We get it. Get her out of here. Get she this was, minx out of here. She was released from a prison because yeah. she was too flirtatious. Yeah. She would like get out of stuff, be flirty. But then like, she got into prison and they were like, she, she, they were like, for whatever reason, like she can't be here because oh, that's she's so interesting. Yeah. Cause she's in, was not loyal to her husband. Weird logic. Right. Nazis, 
Not a lot of logic to no. them. Uh, surprise, surprise. They they right? leave crotch first. Mm-hmm. Um, so then she joined the special operations of Great Britain, where someone called her a real Australian bombshell, tremendous vitality, flashing eyes. Everything she did, she did well. And they said she was a good, fast shot. She was, like, this, like, amazing spy. The British were, like, wowed by her. They were, like, who the fuck is this Australian woman who's flirting her way out of uh, dying and is, like, just, like, came upon us and, like, can kill anybody. No problem. So they put her in a parachute in the middle of rural France. (laughs) She got tangled in a tree. Uh, and her captain and point person also discovered her there and said, I hope that all the trees in France bear such beautiful fruit this year. Jesus. To how? which she replied, don't give me that French shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like Annie Oakley, but like in like World War II France. Don't give me that French shit. Not having it. Perfect response. Not into it. So when she was in rural France... Her, she was known then, not as a white mouse, but as just a cold-blooded killer. She would kill anyone that needed killing. Like, she killed a girl who was a German spy. Oh. Nobody, none of the other officers could do it could do it because she was so young. But fucking, she was like, I'll fucking do it. And she killed her. <laughs> and she killed, she also killed people with oh, bare hands. Like, girl, maybe just like, bare hands? Yeah, she, she would also, she was known to kill people with her bare hands. Nancy Wake, barehanded, girl Nazi killer. Okay, well, she was a Nazi, so I don't feel that bad. But Mm-mm. Nancy's like, she's no. going for it. No, so then she was a hero. Then she was a war hero. And she was awarded the George uh, Medal, which I don't know what that is. George, good guy. Good guy. Um, the United States Medal of Freedom, the Médaille de Résistance, and three times the Croix de Guerre. Um, and then she learned that her husband died, and she was kind of crushed. Um, So she stayed in Great Britain after being in France for a while, um, ran for office twice in Australia, lost to a dude. Of course. Mm -hmm. Or here, no big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, And so then at that point, she officially disowned Australia. She was like, you did nothing for me. I killed the Nazis and you won't even Mm -hmm. put me in office. Yeah. 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 and she said to them, because they tried to award her some medals, they sa- she said uh, they could stick their medals where the monkey stuck his nuts. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. I love her so much. She knows what's up. Yeah, she um, does. But when she died, they gave her a medal, which, I, again, I was just like, come on. She's well, dead. Also, she did not want the medal mm-hmm. when she was alive. And they're like, no, 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 no. no. Take the medal. No, we're going to put it on she's your like, body. no, I'm good. I don't want your medal. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, she's going to take the medal. It's, mm-hmm. fine. it's fine. We're going to put the medal on her. So to conclude, Nancy Wake, you guys, she lived, so she was like, fuck Australia. They're like, we want to give you medals. And she was like, no fucking way. She lived in a hotel in London um, every, till she was 98. And she would go into the bar every night and sip on gin and tonics. <laughs> in 1985, she wrote a book, no big deal. But she, she essentially died in this hotel every night, just like writing in her room, coming down and hanging out at the hotel bar. So she lived the dream. She lived the dream. She totally did. Nancy, Nancy Wake, Wake, everybody. Right? Yeah, I love Lisa her. You. So wait, what year did she die? She died 85? In, she was 98. Um, she died in early 2000s. Am I doing the math right? Yeah, I guess. So. I don't know. Don't make me do math. <laughs> we don't do math. Uh, oh, no. 2011. Okay. Jeez. She fucking lived. Did she have any kids? No, no kids. 
man, wouldn't it be cool to be her kid? Yeah. Or the worst thing ever. Or just be the like, worst. My mom is the biggest badass. Because mm-hmm. then the kid read a book and it was just like, oh, like who knows what's in there. Yeah. You know? Like she, like my mom killed people with their with her hands. And I wrote this children's book about dinosaurs. <laughs> I have a blog. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cooking blog. Yeah. That doubles as my journal. Right. <laughs> I'm important too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, mom, I don't have to get caught in trees for people to pay attention to me. I know. I want a medal. I'll take a medal, Australia. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you go, and like, there's this picture of her and she fucking looks like a pinup. She's like, her eyebrows are like long. Like she's like, she's giving you like the well, She eye. must have been like the most gorgeous woman alive for yeah. like, she flirted her way into spy places. Uh-huh. She flirted her way out of prison. Flirty as hell. She got caught in a tree and the mm-hmm. person helping her down was like, like hey, whoa. you're pretty. And she's like, Go fuck yourself. Yeah. She's like, hate your kind. <laughs> so she was really, mm-hmm. she really had it going. Yeah, we'll put a picture of her up on our Instagram. Yeah, because we have one. <laughs> we totally have one. We do. We have Check two it out. Instagrams. <laughs> I don't want to confuse you guys. We don't have two Instagrams. I was just saying, yes. like, we, we're really going for it. One's for the Mountain Dew and one's for us. <laughs> one's for our food choices. Mm-hmm. And one's for snacking. Yeah. And one's for... <laughs> Quacking. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're quacking. What a great... I've never heard of her before. Me neither. How did you find her? Um, I Googled spy. I'm really on a spy kick, I think. I, I, really I embrace spies. that mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lindsay. So it's my turn. Yeah. My heart is pounding <laughs> because I hold in front of me 34 pages <laughs> Holy shit. Because I chose to do Eleanor Roosevelt. Woo! I talk about Ellie all the time because I'm like, she's a badass. Mm -hmm. She's the best. But really, I know like two things about her. Mm -hmm. She was obviously one of the the first first ladies that really like brought it. She was the first first lady that made it an actual like political. Yeah. Like. Like she would hold press conferences, right? Exactly. For FDR. Yeah. So I'm just going to bust through this real quick. Tear through it. I can't wait. So she was born in, wait, no, that's, this is, <laughs> We're on to a great start. this is starting really great guys. 1884. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went to finishing school when she Match. was like 14 and she like came alive when she was there. They send her over to Wimbledon in London. To do what? To be finished, I don't know. Like it's like parade around. <laughs> she did start a magazine. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, guys, I highlighted, but it's not helping me at all right now. Okay, so her mother died from diphtheria mm-hmm. in 1892, and then her dad. This is not funny, but it's interesting. He was an alcoholic, so they put him in a. <laughs> It's funny because it's relatable. (laughs) (laughs) He was put in a sanitarium August 14th, 1894. And after jumping from a window during a fit of delirium tremens, not just a beer, guys, it's a thing. What? That's the whole name of delirium? Delirium tremens. Yes. Delirium the beer is called delirium tremens. Mm -hmm. But it's also a thing that can happen to you when you're an alcoholic. Is that different than delirium? I think it's just the beer is named after this alcoholic <laughs> I, thing that could happen. You lost me. <laughs> but it's the same, oh. just different. Okay. Anyway, he jumped out a window, <laughs> but that didn't kill him. He had a, 
he had a seizure. Yeah, he had a seizure later on and died there. So she was by herself. Um, she was prone to depression throughout her life. Who's not Eleanor? We feel you. Her brother Hall later suffered from alcoholism. That sucks. Um, so then she was living in with her aunt Bess. Bess, that's my grandmother's Bess name. Bess is your grandmother's name. name. So I don't know if that's actually her aunt's name or your grandma's name. It's probably my grandma. Probably your grandma. Anyway, she was living with a family member, Bammy, uh, Bammy Roosevelt, and they sent her away. <laughs> God, like the redheaded stepchild, Bammy Bammy, Bammy Roosevelt. Wow. So they sent her away to school, and she was, like, having the best time. This is where she really came into her own, mm-hmm. and she had grown up as an ugly duckling, mm-hmm. and her whole thing was, like, you don't have to base everything on looks. And when she went to an all-girls school, she finally, like, realized, I don't have to be the prettiest, like, girl at the ball. I can, like, get ahead with my mind. And then her Aunt Bammy was like, "Uh uh-uh, girl, you got to come home so we can put you in the middle of a ball. (laughs) So she had to have her coming out, like, thing where they're just, you know, when Mm -hmm. you're a rich socialite, a a debutante ball. Cotillion? Is that a Southern? It may have been. I think Cotillion Southern. Okay. Uh, it was her, she finished her formal education at 17 and she had her coming out ball mm-hmm. at her public debut, mm-hmm. um, at the age of 17. And she said that that was one of the worst experiences of her life. Cause she didn't know anybody there. <laughs> and they were just like, here's Eleanor. And she's like, hi guys. I don't know hey, any of you. I'm and an I just want to go back to school, but I'm not allowed. Mm-hmm. Cause now I have to like marry somebody. And she's like, when can I really come out? Right. <laughs> Here, that this is where it gets real juicy. Yeah. Not quite yet, but soon. She she met her father's fifth cousin. Don't know if you heard of this guy, Franklin Delano. Mm-hmm. Fifth cousins, always a charm. Always that's a what charm. They say. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's what a lot of people should hold out for. Find your fifth cousin. Uh, they're almost related to you, so they're familiar. But not but so familiar legal. that your kids are going to have really terrible, you know, like diseases and uh-huh. stuff. Flippers, weird ear flaps. Exactly. Waterworld style. Fused toes. My mm-hmm. cousin has fused toes, but I don't think that we have that problem. <laughs> anyway. I hope your cousin's listening. Oh, my cousin's definitely going to listen. And I can't wait for her to be like, you don't have to tell Thanks people about my, my weird toes. toes. Thanks for It's the one toes. next to the, the thumb toe. <laughs> the big toe. <laughs> Let's get and real specific. The thumb toe. We're going to put this picture on the blog. And the, and the, the two Instagrams. next to it, they're fused together. So anyway, we're going to fast forward. So she got married to FDR. No, let's go back. <laughs> Theodore gave her away. Do you know what Theodore said at the wedding? He what? said, it's a good thing to keep the name in the family. Cool. Because they had the same last name because mm-hmm. they were related. Convenient. Right? I'd love that be a lot. If you learn anything about this podcast, just know that. Marry people related to you. So you don't have to change your last name. It's just simpler. I still haven't changed my last you name. You don't have to be like Lindsay. It's like what? Harbor this, Silverman Here's the that. Thing. I was like, <laughs> I was very confident. I'm like, I'm going to be Lindsay Harbert Silverman. Harbert's going to be my middle name. Everybody that I introduce myself as Lindsay Harbert Silverman is just like, oh, Lindsay Harbert, cool. Mm-hmm. Nobody calls me by all three names. So no. just don't change your name, guys. Just it's don't stupid. change it. I just want to be one of the tribe. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Look at us. Look at the way we live. Shrimp and Diet and Mountain Dew. Diet Mountain Dew. I, again, I would I would be drinking a Code Red right now, Rebecca, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to drink any of that diet no, bullshit. It's Code Red. You better bring it next episode. I'm just going to be like bouncing off of the ceiling <laughs> next 
So uh, she and FDR, oh, FDR's mom didn't want them to get married. So she took him on a Caribbean um, getaway to -hmm. try to convince him not to marry Eleanor. Mm -hmm. That didn't work out because they still got married. But then FDR had an affair with Lucy Mercer in 1921 and Eleanor found out about it. And she was like, I'm not down with this shit. He was going to leave her. Mm-hmm. He decided not to because it was going to hurt his political career. Mm-hmm. And his mom was also like, you shouldn't do that. His mom sounded like a real pain because she made them move into a house that was connected by sliding doors to her house. Mm-hmm. And she basically raised their kids <laughs> as her own, which worked out for um, Eleanor because yeah. she once told her daughter, Anna, that was an ordeal to be born because she felt that she was ill-suited to motherhood and said it did not come to me naturally to understand little children or to enjoy them. Mm -hmm. To just push her through the sliding door. Yep. And she was like, there you go, Sarah. You can have our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So they stayed married. They never had um, sex anymore because it just wasn't their Mm -hmm. thing, but they had more of like Sometimes sex is just not your thing, you know? Sometimes sex is just like, ugh. She's just not into it. But then she met... Dun, 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 dun. She started, well, first she met Amelia Earhart and they became like besties. Mm-hmm. And then she met Lorraine Hickok. That's what I call lovers. <laughs> yes. yes. And your lovers, your bed besties. Bed bestie. She's just my bed bestie. So she found another bed bestie after Amelia. Like, Amelia mm-hmm. was like, you should come flying. And she's like, I'm going to try. And then FDR was like, nah, you're not mm-hmm. going to fly. So then she met Lorraine Hickok, who mm-hmm. was an a Associated Press right? journalist. And she was covering Eleanor and covering her. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some of the letters Thanks, were <laughs> I want to put my arms around you and kiss the corner of your mouth. And I can't kiss you, so I'll kiss your picture. Good night and good morning. So they kept it chill. They kept it real chill. <laughs> they didn't put it like anything salacious in writing. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. No, totally it's not did. books written by that no, about them. No, not at all. And everybody's like, it's not confirmed that Eleanor was a lesbian. And then it was just like, she just had like Lorena Hickok, who was her like best friend forever. And they were around each other all the time. And they all hung out with a lot of lesbian couples. Mm-hmm. In the city, right? In Didn't she city. have an apartment in the city? Yeah. So it was just like, she and FDR obviously just had a relationship of mutual political gain. Mm-hmm. And then they lived their own lives. Because even the day that he died, he was with Lucy. So it seems like their relationship carried on for a long time. Wow. And Eleanor continued with her stuff. And then when he became, she was actually the one that kept him in politics after he was diagnosed with polio Mm. and couldn't have the use of his legs anymore. Mm -hmm. His mom, Sarah, who we talked about, did not, she wanted him to become a country gentleman. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just like, like hanging out, hanging out in his wheelchair, drinking, maybe Uh shooting a, a goose every now and again. Cool. But Eleanor was like, I feel like she was just like, I didn't put in all this work and time for you to become a country gentleman and for me to just like sit over here in the country. No, I've made my life. So uh, he eventually obviously was, um, he became president. He was the only president to serve 12 years. He died in office. Um, But while he was in, she was really bummed out to become first lady because before her, it was just like, a non-starter. Like you were just like, you served tea and that was about it. And she was, was a big part of the new deal. Um, 
She he had his his radio shows. What are they called, Rebecca? You probably know. His fireside chats. Fireside chats. Um, she had her uh, oh my day. She would do a newspaper column called My Day. Yeah, and didn't um, uh, Hickok forget her first name? Lorena. Yeah, didn't she kind of push her to do? They have a really interesting relationship. Why isn't there a movie about their relationship? Um, my friend Kate Purdy, who will hopefully be on the podcast, is writing one. Really? Yeah. That's um, and she's amazing. got a lot to say about it, and that's how I know. Like we went out, she like told me all about it. It's it's just fascinating. That's amazing. Yeah, I on it. Like like I said, I knew, I thought a decent amount about Eleanor Roosevelt, and then I was reading this stuff. I was like, she is so much more dynamic than I ever thought. I just thought she mm-hmm. was like the biggest bossest first lady that ever happened, mm-hmm. but she actually like she was huge in the civil rights movement. She would invite like black performers to the white house. And so the staff wouldn't give them grief. She would meet them at the gate and walk arm in arm with them. Like she was incredible. And I shouldn't have just printed out 34 pages and highlighted stuff. She was the eyes and the ears of the new deal. She would travel around the country, man. That's so much stuff. And your lady like got caught in a tree. (laughs) She did. She did. But there's, I mean, Eleanor Roosevelt, she's such an icon. She's so, there's so much to her. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sum it up by saying mm-hmm. she did a lot of shit that her husband wasn't willing to do. Yeah. She had relationships with minority groups that her husband didn't claim because it was going to hurt him politically. She spoke out against the camps that he put Japanese Americans in during World War II. Awesome. She was basically just like on the right side of history for everything. And she didn't give a shit. She was just going to do it, you know? So I'll do better on you one day, Eleanor. Yeah. But we'll do Melania Trump and it'll be, you know what? It'll be so much better because it'll be, it's like the modern day Eleanor Roosevelt. She is. That's what a lot of people are saying. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people have said. Definitely. <laughs> there are bumper stickers that say Melania Trump. Melania or Eleanor. Can't Who's tell to the say? difference. <laughs> Cannot tell the difference. Um, not to get into a Melania Trump barrel, but can we for just a minute? Fuck yeah. I read an article today of um, reasons why Melania probably hates Donald, which mm-hmm. is just like... Pick one. Everything. Mm-hmm. But there are so many um, videos of them interacting in the same like room and the the disdain for one another is so palpable Mm. that it's just kind of my favorite thing that's keeping me going every day right now yeah like we're gonna see because she didn't ask for this and And now she's there now she needs like to have a voice and like speak for people and like be this front woman when she just wanted to like She's hang like, out man i just and do photo shoots every now and yeah. again yeah like you're a millionaire and i wanted to be a millionaire's wife mm-hmm. and have your baby and then like be good yeah and she's like this is way more this complicated is, this is way above my pay grade do I, ha- I do i still have to say that i have a master's degree in architecture she's gonna you know like <laughs> next month they're gonna be like oh no she's a doctor mm-hmm. she has a doctorate mm-hmm. she did that well uh, between modeling gigs uh-huh yeah, remember how it was like so bad that Michelle Obama wore a sleeveless dress? Mm-hmm. Here we are, everyone. <laughs> Here we are. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
This was my first one, and I totally shit the bed a little bit. No. There's I just so had, much. like, a shark. There's so much. <laughs> You're so nervous. I know. She was friends with, with Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Part of the United Nations. I'm going to do somebody a lot easier next time. <laughs> oh, this is great. She, I mean, there's so much to talk about with her. There's so much to reflect on with what's happening now. I know. It's so interesting and, because yeah. without Eleanor Roosevelt, there would be no Michelle Obama for There'd sure. There'd be no things that Trump would be cutting right now. Yeah. You know? I mean, the New Deal, to like looking at the bailout that Obama did after the recession, the New Deal was like they put up, they made towns for people. Mm-hmm. To go and live in, like miners that were out of work, they created towns for them to go and live inside of and make like tables. Yeah. And they just paid for it. And that was one of her big projects. And she realized after doing it that they were now relying on government subsidies too much, but they were mm-hmm. super happy. Oh. So it's just like, it's, it's, you can't win. Really? Can't win. Doesn't that sound... I mean, it sounds so good right now, even though it was so long ago. Yeah. And now we're just... I I don't know what's going to happen, you guys. I would I love either. to live in, like, a new deal. I, well, I, you know, she. you have to hide a lot. Of, I mean, it's, it, it, history's complicated. Good things, bad things. Well, it's also so macro, and we're living in a micro time. Mm-hmm. So we'll look back... Or historians will look back at this time and see why this had to happen. Mm-hmm. But right now, be we're just in shit. Looking back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I have to say, <laughs> I was at work today. Like, woke up at 4.45 to get to work. Had run across the lot to do a thing. And then I sat down. And these two middle-aged dudes were just like, man, millennials. You know, they just, they're so spoiled. And they don't want to work. And they have such a, an air of entitlement. Like, yeah, they're just so lazy. And I'm just like sitting there boiling. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I bet you own a house, don't you? Mm-hmm. you I can- bet you didn't have to work too hard to get your... I bet you had no internships. Right? You know? Like how or much if you work did, for free did you Your internship do? was just an entry-level job. Yeah. It was just a job with a was. salary in healthcare. Right. Like, oh. It must be mm, so hard. Oh, my God. You didn't have to do like 4,000 things to make rent. Right. Oh, God. And also have a Twitter presence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard. I hate it. <laughs> Cool. Cool. So those were our first bitches in history. Mm-hmm. Boss bitches. Yeah. We got some classics and we got some noobs. Yeah. Um, next week, we're going to be interviewing competitive eater Molly Schuyler. Oh, my God, you guys. Listen, because she is incredible. If you're like, whoa, a female competitive eater that can house some major food, that blows my mind. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. She's the number one ranked female independent competitive eater tune in do it see you next week boss bitch podcast is produced by sammy junio our theme song is by the incredible chiffon mist featuring cassandra violet and hosted by me Lindsay harbert silverman and me rebecca leap thanks for listening